What's up, everybody? Ed from the Pinheads of Horror here. I have two very special interviews for you guys today. We conducted these interviews last week, and these interviews, when we conducted them, were actually intertwined together because these two people have worked together on other projects and are friends, unbeknownst to us. (laughs) So the first interview is with Hunter Johnson. He is a freelance actor and filmmaker from Los Angeles, California. We are talking about his film, To Jennifer. The second interview is with a man who needs little to no introduction because his film career spans almost four decades. We are talking to Zach Ward. We are talking about his new film, Restoration, which he directed, wrote, and starred in. Enjoy. Oh, so, um, you went to Columbia, correct? Oh, nice. Yeah, I went to uh, Columbia College. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was great. I love Chicago. I miss uh, I miss it, but um, uh, yeah, I miss I miss that town. So you miss like six inches of snow and yeah. like boots on your that's, car. Yeah, that's the part I don't miss. Uh, <laughs> Red light cameras. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. No bueno. No bueno, indeed. Uh, you know, there's this one part of the movie I actually want to talk about, which I thought was was done really, really well. It was right at the end. It was uh, where the fingers get chopped off. <laughs> that was a great gag, and that worked out perfectly. I was really impressed by that, and how you just kept filming from there, and you had everything set up in that shot, and it's just... And from what it looks like, it, it looks like it was just that one shot, too, am I right, that you ended up using? Yeah, that that was all one single take. Uh, that was the fourth take uh, that we did, and by far the most challenging uh, take of the movie. Um, we uh, yeah, we had about three people behind the scenes with all the gore gags prepped, and uh, just ran through it a bunch of times. And there were a couple of issues with some of the first takes, and then we just yeah, it was it was pretty gnarly. It was fun. Uh, that's part of the challenge, just like trying to make it work with, you know. It, it, trying to make it work just bare bones and that one came out pretty good I was happy with it yeah uh, I, I would have to say like the the blood and the blood continuity was really well done too because you see blood everywhere that's how blood is it goes everywhere and it sticks oh yeah <laughs> and uh, I thought how uh, after a while how the, your blood is coagulated on the floor and you can tell that by looking at it and that's exactly how real blood would be too I work in an OR so I see blood all the time that's your story oh, <laughs> so uh, so yeah it's it looks it's really well done I just wanted to say uh, kudos for that oh thanks dude yeah our, our makeup guy Ryan Reynolds uh, he uh, he took over all that and he did a great job oh that's awesome um okay we have a request from uh, one of our sound guys who's asking what type of phone did you use um, we shot it on the iPhone 6. Um, you just got a nod of approval from the right. Because that was, that, was, uh, that was itching in the back of, uh, of our editor, Matt Wolf. So you just, just now will be able to sleep well tonight. Yeah, iPhone 6, uh, we used a couple, couple uh, accessories, you know, a tripod to get stabilization when people were running around, and a uh, lens kit and a little microphone, and that was about it. Okay. Yeah, I think I saw a little bit of part of that in the uh, the bathroom scene with your tripod there. So yeah, yeah, you got a little behind the scenes there. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that shows the whole the whole package. Yes, you're in great shape, man. <laughs> <laughs> that came from you, not from me. Keep making my husband happy. <laughs> I would say I would say you got to do some more squats though. You got skinny ass. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dude. I know. <laughs> My wife calls me flat ass, so oh. <laughs> I'm sure she says it with love. <laughs> it's better than being called dumbass, which I say to my husband sometimes. So you're... Oh yeah, I've gotten that one before. Oh, okay. <laughs> now do you plan on making just uh more films on the iPhone or you, do you wanna start using uh, larger equipment or are you or are you just satisfied with the the iPhone? You know, it's it's funny you say that. Um I'm actually I'm I'm on set at the moment uh, with uh, a follow-up film, and we're it's being shot on GoPro. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. So you know, when iPhone four to iPhone five to or iPhone six to, you know, we're gonna we're gonna rock the GoPros on this one. Did you get sponsorship for it, or did you guys just buy them and 
Um, the director, Frank Merle, who was the producer on To Jennifer, uh, just got uh, several GoPros and is just rolling with it. He's actually, he's literally cleaning blood right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to say, you actually, in the final scenes of the movie, you invoked two people to me. Uh, Buffalo Bill and Charles Manson. I, I just got, like... Such a vibe of, is that what could have happened at Polanski's house? Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Charles Manson, that's, that's great. I, that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, what I really wanted to do was, I'm, I, I won't go into too much detail in terms of what, what specifically happens in the scene, but what I, what, what I, was, uh, what I like as a, horror, as a horror fan is sometimes where less is more and you just kind of watch something happen and, you know, just, just kind of a static shot, just viewing something, something bad. Um, you know, like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is, is a prime example, uh, an inspiration, like in the sense that sometimes the camera just watches it, and you just have to endure what the characters are enduring on screen. So, yeah, it's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a slow burn, but uh, it, it gets pretty gnarly at the end. And I completely agree with what you're saying with like that whole POV vision. It's like almost being forced to be a witness, kind of like, uh, you know, like room with a view idea of like seeing something horrific but not being able to look away from it and just seeing it unfold, which I think you captured very well towards the end of the film. So I do you feel like a lot of movies are going to start moving in this direction with the whole POV view things or like first perspective, like you're saying you're doing the next thing with the GoPro, like do you think this is the next step in the horror evolution? I think it's the next step in the filmmaking evolution um, in all genres. Uh, I think, and, and that being said, it's it's not even a next step. It's kind of a it's kind of a throwback in a way because you know there's a lot of classic horror movies that utilize the POV. Uh, you know, like Black Christmas or mm-hmm. Halloween. They're, so, but in terms of the GoPro and the technology, like I loved Hardcore Henry uh, when that came out, and that was first person in your face and. Um, yeah, that was, that, that was pretty I good. I think that just as, as, as filmmakers, people are going to just keep trying new things, and you know, no one's really uh, <laughs> uh, done many all first-person movies, but uh, I'm sure they're, they're going to keep popping up, and hopefully, they're totally radical. Yeah, for sure. That movie was a fun little roller coaster ride. <laughs> yeah, I just watched yeah, it not too long ago. I, I loved that movie. I thought it was great. Yeah, talking about uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Uh, I would just like to know what you think of that movie was made of the the point of view of uh, Henry. Oh wow, um, I, I I love it, but then you'd miss all of Michael Rooker's yeah oh man performances. Uh, so I I couldn't I couldn't uh, go for it just on that account because he's brilliant in that movie. But yeah, that's that's a that's a gnarly gnarly idea. That'd be that'd be intense. Maybe remake, <laughs> maybe remake it. Remake? Oh, well, they kind of did that with Maniac. Have you seen Maniac? The remake of the Maniac? Elijah Wood. Yeah, that one's all first person. I thought that was really, uh, really slick. Yeah, that was pretty good too. Yeah, so so tell me about you guys. <laughs> uh, we're I'm just, just gonna hijack it. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we're just a, a few friends here. Uh, Michelle and I have been friends since high school, and she's in a band with Ed and her husband Matt, our, our sound guy, and they they're like a. I don't know. What are you guys more like a punk? Ah, metal fucking no. Band? Yeah, no. We're, we're <laughs> just a, we're just a fucking rock band. That's all we are. We do yeah, what exactly. we do. <laughs> yes, we like to have fun and 
Skullfogger. Awesome. Send me send me some links to some tunes. Oh yeah, no, for sure. When we we have a better recording. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's funny. We we all came from different kind of walks, but we all have one real thread in common, and that's our love for horror and for movies. So we kind of made this little hodgepodge of a podcast that Ed threw together. And, and it's led us to have such great conversations with people like you. Yay! <laughs> no, it's my pleasure, man. Uh, my pleasure, for sure. You know what? Hunter's actually the first person we were going to interview. But then when we started with episode one, we did episode two right away, then episode three, then episode four, and I just kind of lost track. Uh, <laughs> Got too big for your britches there, Ed? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, this is the, this is perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Because I think when we first started talking, you were doing. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see anything. There's, there's, yes, yeah. <laughs> Violent sneeze. <laughs> uh, I think when we first started talking, you were doing uh, to Jennifer, which we just watched. Uh, when can we expect from Jennifer to come out? Uh, we just uh, we're still in principal photography, so. Uh, you know, after that, it's a long editing process. Um, I don't, I couldn't give you, I couldn't give you an exact date, uh, but there's going to be some, some pretty uh, gnarly news dropping about it uh, soon. That'll be awesome. Awesome. So if you book it now, then it will be ready in about a year. <laughs> <laughs> no, hopefully, hopefully quicker than that. Uh, the good thing about shooting an iPhone movie is literally a year ago today, we were filming to Jennifer. Um, it, it, you, you can cut it. You can cut it together really quick. Now Frank's movie uses multiple GoPro cameras, so it'll the editing process will be a little gnarlier. But uh, um, you know, it's a good. It's a quick turnaround usually. Great. That sounds awesome. We can't wait to, to start hearing some news out there. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. A, it's gonna be a good one for sure. You'll you'll enjoy it. Is it gonna be ramped up from this one, violent wise, or is it um, same pace? Uh, it, it, I mean, it's a, it's a R-rated horror movie for sure. Um, uh, you'll have to just kind of wait and see. I, I can, it's, it's going to be pretty, uh, pretty intense overall, though, for sure. Nice. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a strong advocate for hard R-rated content. Okay, I, I have another question for you. This is about more about growing up. Like, which movie scared the shit out of you when you were growing up as a kid? that you All love right. now. I can totally t- walk you through that. So when I was a little, little kid, it was the alligator people. Um, that's because my dad let me stay up late <laughs> and watch like these old black and white, like crappy, crappy movies. Um, and there was one scene where there's these alligator footprints through this house and it freaked me the fuck out. Uh, and then growing up after that, the John Carpenter's The Thing is yes! one of those movies that always gets under your skin. Absolutely. And watched that when I was real little, and that one that one sticks with you for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, what do you think of Carpenter coming back to do Halloween? Oh, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Um, that's that's fantastic news. That's that's literally the best news that could could drop about uh, about the Halloween franchise. Um, Carpenter's the man, you know. Like, the more involvement he has, the better in my book. Do you like his music also? Oh hell yeah! Hell yeah. <laughs> I love his music because you can just turn it on and do whatever you want. Like you know, you can do do whatever, and it just like drives you. You know, like washing dishes even. <laughs> washing dishes, like it's like, dude, I just washed the whatever. shit out of these dishes by listening to John Carpenter. <laughs> Honey, look at these dishes. You know, 
Why are they broken? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was jamming the carpenter, that's why. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. I... Um, I have a question about the weapon in uh, To Jennifer. What was yeah. that? Was that like a uh, multi-tool or just a pair of scissors? Because that, that was a really gnarly looking blade or whatever that was. Yeah, that was, um, that was a Leatherman. Um, <laughs> my, dad, my dad got me and... Uh, yeah, as soon as he, as soon as I flipped open both blades when I first got it, I was like, oh, this has got to slice somebody up. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to put someone's guts in your hands. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. It's, yeah, it's it's. It, it, I liked it because it looked really nasty. It looked really painful. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> when you started this movie, what was what was your main goal out of it? Did you? want to just make a movie because you wanted to make it or did you want to make something that was just gonna scare the shit out of people or make them feel uncomfortable or the the, the overall goal <laughs> is to just make a movie and and produce produce a, a piece but in terms of a creative goal uh my i like uh to make people uncomfortable i think that uh <laughs> i think I, it's not it's not a jump scare kind of movie it's a uh, nasty is a adjective i like to use uh yeah, it's just I like I like to make people feel nasty. <laughs> well, you accomplished that. Thank yeah, you. You know what? I, I think I think I said it the best yesterday. The second I got done watching that movie, I sent you the message of what the fuck was that? <laughs> that was that's not- exactly what the response you probably wanted. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Awesome. One, one one uh, person said that it was too cruel and nasty, and I was like, oh, that's thank you so much. But they meant it as like a bad thing, and it was. Uh, I'm like, oh no, that's perfect. That's great. You know, this movie and the Poughkeepsie tapes were the two that really just made me feel uneasy. I but, still need to see that one. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, good luck trying to find it. <laughs> uh, I had to scour the internet for it. Oh, I'm sure you can find Probably it. pass through multiple porn viruses to find it. I found it. Yeah, you had to pass through those. <laughs> well, you know, if you click on it, you got to report it. So, you know. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Enough about your problems. <laughs> it's, not, it's not really a problem. Oh, <laughs> All right. Well, um, you know, we want to say thank you again so much for taking the time out to talk to us. You're super awesome. We really enjoyed the movie, and we can't wait to see what you got in store for us next. And hopefully, when that comes out, we can have another conversation about that one. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, uh, for sure. I really appreciate you guys having me on and uh, and chatting horror. Oh yeah, and also like um, you know, for those even though we know, um, how can other people find your film? Uh, the movie will be out in August uh, okay. on uh, video on demand, and uh, it'll be streaming and DVD in September. So once I have all the details, I'll be sure to to share them uh, as much as I can. Oh, absolutely! We'll be, we'll be more than happy to post it on our on our page too. So as soon as oh, you get any of that, we'll do that. Well, thanks a lot, dudes. It was really nice talking to you. What part of Chicago do you guys live in? Chi-town! Um, in Chicago. Uh, pretty much all the northwest side. So you said you were, like, from Edgewater. Like, I live in Rogers Park. Larry, you're, like... I'm in Andersonville. Nice. nice. I used to that's, be Logan Square. Yeah, Michelle <laughs> used to be Logan Square, and now she's, like, on the border of Chicago and, like, Rosemont and Des Plaines and... Yeah, instead of homeless people, I got deer. They're just as bad. And raccoons. <laughs> Nice, that's quality. <laughs> um, you know what, man? Why don't you uh, give all your social media links a plug right now? Where can people find you at? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, everywhere at LA Horror.com. So, LA Horror, C O M, as in Mary. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, 
I like to tweet. <laughs> I don't really, I don't get Instagram, I don't really like Facebook at all, like, I, I don't know. I like this guy more and more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't fucking stand Instagram, and the only thing I do for the horror podcast is really just the Twitter, because it's, yeah, like, it's all I can tolerate. Yeah, like, I have it out of necessity, but, and I try to post to it because, like, people respond to Instagram, but at the same time, I'm not, like, happy with myself doing it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, that's fine, I'll be your Instagram whore, and I'll totally plug you when I go on today. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, Hunter, man, thank you again for the screener. Thank you again for your time. I know you were actually, you were in the middle of shooting, and <clears throat> you actually stopped to talk to us, so I really appreciate that. Uh, oh, no problem, man. It's my pleasure. And dude, anytime you need to promote something or you want to plug something, you know, just give me a DM and I will be more than happy to help you out, and we will definitely have you on the show again. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'd love to uh, come back with uh, Aaron Mento and my uh, buddy Charles Chudabala. We uh, wrapped a film called Ugly Sweater Party recently, and I think that uh, if you guys are open to uh, to another podcast in a couple weeks or whenever, uh, that'd be that'd be pretty fun. Oh hell yeah, that sounds awesome. Sounds awesome to me. Check yeah, that's dude. Like I said, you got open invite. If you ever want to come on, just shoot me a message, and we'll work it. Hell out. yeah, brother! I appreciate it. Sweet. Awesome, man. You have a good night. All right. Alright, All right, you guys too. Thanks a lot. Thanks, brother. Bye. See you. Be sure to tell Zach Ward I say what up. Alright, we'll tell him all. Yeah, we'll nice. say hi. Alright, see you, man. Alright, cool. Thanks, guys. All right, bye. bye. To check out his film, which I highly recommend you do, it's going to be available video on demand and pay per view in August. The DVD for the film is going to be released in September. Uh, I don't have an exact date yet, it hasn't been locked down. So when we get it, we will get it out to you guys. Long story short, if you want to keep seeing work from these people, you need to support them. You know, independent filmmakers need all the help they can get, especially if you want to keep seeing work from them. Go out and actually buy it. Hunter is in post-production for Ugly Sweater Party, and when we get more info on that, we'll have him on again and discuss the film. Uh, Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, We actually just spoke to a friend of yours, uh, Hunter Johnson. Hey, how's he doing? He's good. He's on the set of a new movie that he's doing. Good for him. Yeah, he said uh, to definitely say what's up and that you're a pretty awesome guy, so... He said what? <laughs> Sorry, it froze for a second. No, he just said... Uh... Sorry, you guys froze up. Oh, yeah, okay, so that was on both sides. No, he was just, like, really excited when we told him that we were talking to you. He's like, oh, no, he's a really awesome guy. He's really great to work with. Tell him I said hi, and we're just like, for sure. So it was a funny coincidence. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. Restoration. Uh... When did this, when did you first fall into your lap or when did you start working on it? Restoration started in 2014. I saw a film that inspired me to uh, just pull the trigger and make a couple of movies. So I talked to James Colin Bresick. We called up uh, Keith, the distributor over at Uncorked. We talked to him about what kind of movies he was looking for. And uh, once he told us what he thought would sell the best, uh, James and I started working on concepts. So I feel like part of the art form of filmmaking is to take care of your investors and take care of your audience so you have to balance out both because it is a business and there may be those people out there in the world who can do pure art pieces um, but I can't do that with somebody else's money out of respect for their money so I have to generate a product that can make a profit and pay them back otherwise I'm a liar and I don't usually try to be that Um, so James and I worked on the projects. We came up with like 10 different concepts. Um, Keith chose four, we chose two, and then we wrote those. 
and we wrote those over the Christmas holidays. Uh, we wrote Restoration in five days. We wrote Bethany in seven. And wow. then James focused on polishing Bethany. I focused on polishing Restoration because that's the one I was going to direct, and James directed Bethany. And then uh, we were in pre-pro, uh, getting the crew together, getting locations, doing everything pretty much ourselves. Then we brought on Hunter, and we brought on Jared first. We brought on Christian Ackerman. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, and that'll be the one person who'll hunt me down. Because <laughs> that's how it works in production. Oh, man. We had a great uh, bunch of associate producers and friends in the beginning. And then <clears throat> we brought on the rest of the team, and we worked with a company called Synaptic VFX. Uh, we worked with Ace Underhill, who owns Brilliant Screen. And uh, we put together the package of the film, and we shot Restoration in 14 days, took three days down, and then wow. shot Bethany in 14 Jesus. Days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so took your time with it. <laughs> uh, finished, so we finished two movies. We shot two movies in one month. It's like Jim Wynorski over here. A lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the term isn't fun. I think it's adventure, because an adventure is something that uh, scares the shit out of you, but you survive, and then you reflect on uh, with a... Rose-colored glasses. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, finished them and then spent, you know, many many months posting restoration, and now Bethany is almost finished post and should be coming out in September. But then, flashing back, uh, restoration dropped May third on VOD, you know, DirecTV, Hulu, uh, Google Play, and iTunes, and uh, has been getting really good reviews. I'm very grateful. And we were on the top ten of iTunes horror for a month. Awesome! Movies that uh, cost fifteen and twenty million dollars. Not <laughs> <laughs> that much money. Oh boy! So that's how Restoration came to be. That's awesome. Um, so that kind of leads me to um, when you were saying it's an adventure. Uh, you know, it's something that scares you shitless. What made you decide to take that leap from acting to going behind the camera and becoming a director? Well, it wasn't. Uh, that wasn't the first time I directed. I'd done a short film called uh, Experimental, mm-hmm. which if you go to experimentalmovie.com, that's the website that hosts the short film I did. And the short film isn't really a classically structured short. It doesn't have the beginning, middle, and end required to designate it as such. To be honest, it's short in length. It's like 13 minutes, but my focal point was to execute a version, an example of what I wanted the feature film to look like, and I realized that I was talking in theory too long and I need to pull the trigger, shut my mouth, and get stuff done. So that's what I did. Um, and I'm very proud of it. Of course, if I could re-edit it now, I would. But, you know, it's where you were at the time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That's kind of good to leave. I'm not going to pull a Lucas or a Spielberg. And- that's right. <laughs> that's what I was going to say, yeah. Chasing E.T., a bunch of giant flashlights. Yeah, instead of guns. Yeah. So... Um, so I did that and then did some spec pilots and at that point I shot enough stuff that I felt confident like I did a couple of projects where uh, I was called up and they're like hey Zach can you direct us and I'm like yeah yeah I can direct this yeah where are we do shooting tomorrow morning <laughs> oh okay <laughs> I get to look at the location no no yeah and here's the script wait I'll give it to you tomorrow morning <laughs> okay so you you know you end up you end up having one, you can get too precious with your ideas when you make uh, perfect the enemy of good. And the reality is, 
when you're shooting, you can have a fantastic shot list, um, which is important and great clarity of communication with your DP, but once you get to the location, you see the scene, and you watch the actors bring it to life, or you watch the motorcycle drive down the empty street at dusk or dawn, and all of a sudden, you start to frame. And you start getting ideas, and your brain goes, that would look fucking cool. <laughs> Here, swap out the glass, just start shooting. What are we shooting? I don't know. Shoot that, shoot that, shoot that. You start piecing it together in your head as an editor, and that really helps, so... For me, I knew it was a point that if I didn't stop being a pussy and just do it, I would always be wondering. And I have been in quite a few movies. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we've seen. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I've I've worked with some directors who really, really suck. And they were very inspirational to knowing that I could do better than these jackasses. (laughs) (laughs) Was that also a part of... Um, you acting in, in restoration also, you wanted to have your hand in there along with directing just to tr- maybe try and be a perfectionist on your, on your stuff or is that, no, no. no. absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> Cause I mean, that's how I think I would do it. I would have much rather preferred not to have been in it at all. Um, but part of the game of making a film is like I said, getting your investors their money back and, uh, uh, for good or ill, um, my name in a movie generates interest from sales. Mm-hmm. So, by putting my ass, you know, I, I knew that I could afford me. <laughs> I would show up on time. <laughs> I would know my lines because I wrote them. <laughs> I wouldn't pull any prima donna bullshit. And uh, I'd be there for any pickup shots I needed. And I'd always be there for ADR. So uh, I work for myself, and I'm my and my boss is a dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, there was a lot of good reviews about your performance in it too, and and I, you know, you were fantastic. In it, so I mean, you, yeah, I mean, you did a pretty good job. So no complaints here. <laughs> I'm, I'm very grateful, and I feel very blessed. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's we're we're we love horror movies and you're very recognizable in horror movies and just in general in film. Uh, I remember my wife and I were sitting in bed watching Netflix and we were just going through a movie and we're like, oh, should we watch this one? We're like, oh my God, it's Zach Ward. Of course. <laughs> so that's, uh, Thank how do you... I mean, that's the thing is like, I've done interviews with people who, uh, they're like, you know, uh, I, I knew I recognized you, but I had no idea what your name was. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'm kind of used to that. Oh. I'm that guy with the slanty eyes and the red hair from that one movie you saw that one time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not to us, yeah. though. No. That's, that's the thing. is like you can't be responsible for the rest of the film, but you try to be responsible for the caliber of acting or professionalism you bring to the process, and hopefully uh, the audience feels that honesty. So... I, I don't think I've ever done a perfect performance. I try to do the most honest and brave performance I can and hope that uh, it can be edited together well and the audience gets that uh, connection. And again, in this situation, because I was editing, I knew I could make myself look less shitty than I am. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know what? I want to say uh, restoration struck a chord with me because my fiance and I are actually looking for houses right now. Oh, yeah? And I know if I take down a wall and I see something in there, I'm going to get in my car, go to Home Depot, seal yeah. that wall back up, and, <laughs> and not mess with anything because it's, it's not my problem. <laughs> but it was just insulation. Actually, where that idea came from is my girlfriend's brother is a general contractor in Seattle. And he was opening up a wall, and he found a Ouija board. Oh, oh fuck okay. that. Uh, that's what I loved about your movie, though, also, is that you had smart characters in there, where they both agreed and were like, oh, there's something wrong. You saw it too, right? All right, let's work together, which I liked, right. I liked about the movie. Well, and, you know, I, I, I wanted to do a Ouija board in the wall, <laughs> but then I was concerned that uh, the movie Ouija, <laughs> and L owns Ouija, uh, I was afraid they'd sue the shit out of me. <laughs> so I passed. Um, yeah, thank you about the characters. I mean, the relationship between the two leads, Todd and Rebecca, was based upon my relationship with my girlfriend. The fact that there's pretty intellectual conversation between the two of us. The fact that there's a lot of conversations, not arguments. You know, and even in the argument that happens in Restoration, there's, you know, Todd doesn't fall into a typical... Yes. Um, yeah, I like that. You're both speaking about the same thing in, in different ways, so you're not communicating. Um, and it usually falls into specific tropes. You know, angry husband, bitchy wife. And mm-hmm. That seems uh, really boring. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to try and make characters that I thought I could be proud of if I had that argument. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. No, no. And, and it seemed like the banter that they had between each other, like there were certain scenes where it was like when they were like, had the at, like, were doing things in an accent and stuff like that. Like, I feel like those are things that real couples do. Like, you kind of yeah, create your right. own language and you have your own like inside jokes and you saw that kind of portrayed with those characters. So I, I found that really relatable and, and entertaining. So, well, you, guys, uh, you guys are a couple, right? Oh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> We've been together for many years, but we're not a couple. Right? <laughs> yeah, no. No. Yeah, we've yeah. been friends for a long time. Yes. In each other's company, and you guys make witty banter back and forth, and you oh. enjoy that. And that's part of how you interrelate, and you probably wouldn't hang out with anybody who couldn't do that. Exactly. Because you would be bored, and you wouldn't be stimulated. So, my thought is that the audience, if they want to go get that movie where the girl says, look, there's a trail of blood, let me take off my shirt, show my titties, and follow it, well, they can go get that movie, but I don't want to make that fucking movie. Absolutely. Stupid. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I mean, I like titties. But, uh, <laughs> oh, that's. They have, have, they have to have good logic behind them. Exactly. I, there needs to be a meaning. There's, there's got to be some, like, you know, meat to those titties. Okay, that didn't come out yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> On one of our episodes, uh, we actually talked about that if uh, nudity and horror is even necessary anymore. And I think Larry was like the key proponent of no, it's not. You don't need it to, you know, attract people, but it still gets put in there. Yeah. Yeah, but then also Michelle made another point saying that when you're nude, you're at your most vulnerable also. Okay, so that's a that's a really good point. If you look in restoration without giving anything away, there's that scene with the nipple. Yep. Right? <laughs> right. And what I like about that scene is it's sexy. It doesn't really show anything at all. Except it makes your brain want to see more. Exactly. Every dude is like, ugh. It causes the dynamic to shift and make someone really fucking uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and awkward. 
So it actually has a story drive, and it's foreshadowing to who she really is later on. You know, so I put it in there, and I like it, and it's hot, and it's sexy. Yeah. It's not- There's another scene that has some nudity, and I don't think it's gratuitous. I don't think it's over the top. I think with the way it's shot and the music, it's, it alludes to the type of tribal without giving anything away what's happening in that moment mm-hmm. because you know there's it also bugs me like when you see a, a, a guy and a girl in bed they've had they've made sex and i don't want to bother seeing that because i don't care yeah right but when she gets up later on she's wearing a bra and panties <laughs> like you don't have to show anything but you can hide it in the camera and she walks away in silhouette and you can tell she's nude and there's something sexy about that. I don't need to see anything, but don't, don't pretend to me, but don't lie to me with this moment <laughs> because I'm in it and then I'm out. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. So, you know, it's like trying to walk that line. Like, and we have the nude, we have a love scene mm-hmm. in the film and I think it comes up, I give it 6.8 out of 10. And I liked where it, I like where it goes, and it also sets up a foreshadowing value that happens later on with the lighting. Mm-hmm. So it's in place. Like you know, if anything happens, it has to happen, pay off again later. Otherwise, it's a jerk off and should be out of the scene. So yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that's my attitude towards tense. Yeah. Ow. Agreed. Agreed. And that music really set the tone too. I was like, hey. <laughs> this is one of the best interviews we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> This is one of the best. No. (laughs) Um, So uh, we were actually, we were discussing about uh, characters in certain films and a character that you've played. And uh, Ed was talking about one particular film with Resident Evil. Yes. uh, Resident Evil Apocalypse. Uh, When was that? Was that 2004? Four, I believe. Yeah, 2004. You know, I, I hate to bring this up, but when I was sitting in the theater and I saw you, I'm like, it's Dave. And so, and someone even said, "Who?" I'm like, "From Titus, that's Dave." And uh, same guy. It's amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, we were kind of disappointed that your character was a little different from the video games, and that you, you're well, not not that because of you, you, not with you, but uh, and your death. We we kind of thought your death was kind of cheap in that movie. Does anyone else ever kind of say that? <laughs> Agreed. <scene>? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody felt the same way. Okay. Yeah. okay. Pissed off, and I'm sorry. No, 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 we're not mad at you. Uh, we felt like we got a little robbed. I was disappointed. I, w- I would have preferred not to have died. <laughs> well, I'd like to be part of a franchise that makes billions of dollars. That'd be great. Oh, Transformers, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I don't know if you've ever uh, played Resident Evil Nemesis, which is what Apocalypse was based off of. Um, your character, Nikolai, is actually like the second antagonist in the game. So yeah, I heard that. I was kind of like, like when I saw Carlos and uh, Mikhail and I'm like, Nikolai, I'm like, oh shit, they're actually going to like really follow the game. And then when I see the dog go after you, I'm like, oh, like that's, that's no way for this man to go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, no Saul Matt one. I, I didn't write that one, I just got hired for it. So. <laughs> well, you did a great job for the moment yes. that you were alive, so we appreciated okay. that. <laughs> uh, you know, what, one thing I want to ask you too is you've had a very, very long career and, you know... There's been no, like, bullshit with you that there's been with other child actors. What do you attribute that? What do you attribute that to? Because you were, 83 was your first movie, right? Yeah, but I was, uh, A, number one, my mom's an actress. 
So I grew up backstage from the age of five. Uh, the whole, my brother's father was a cinematographer. My older brother is a rigging grip. Um, I grew up and in the industry. It was just about the job. It wasn't about the red carpet. There was no red carpet. Uh, my first movie was A Christmas Story. I came from Toronto, Canada. Uh, when the movie came out, nobody gave a fuck. Um, as I kept on working through high school, doing commercials and TV shows, nobody gave a fuck. And when I became the Doritos kid of Canada, uh, I wish <laughs> nobody gave a fuck. <laughs> There's a thing in Canada called turtling. Do you know what turtling is? No. Matt, do you know what turtling is? No? No, okay. we don't know what turtling is. It's a hockey term when someone reaches over your neck. Oh, pulls the jersey. jersey. Okay. Pulls yeah. it over your face and punches you in the face. Oh. Yeah. So and that's why I thought you would know. In high school, people go, "You think you're, you think you're cool shit?" Oh. Yeah. oh. <laughs> so that was the '80s. So I think because of that, um, and it wasn't. I came from a very poor family, and because my money went to support my family and pay for exotic items like uh, food and uh, heat and uh, an apartment there wasn't really a sense of entitlement because if you didn't work you didn't eat Mm -hmm. so unlike LA where I live now where people give you things once you're famous A I wasn't famous I was just working and B no one gave a fuck and C we were broke so that made me just want to work and I didn't really care and because I had gone up and down and up and down and up and down I think I, I had a better perspective of it than most I mean the thing is now I mean I'm fucking old dude so I've been doing this for 30 going on 37 years mm-hmm. so I am old wise and bitter I'm like, <laughs> I'm like a ginger Yoda if Yoda was a dick <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing, too, the way you're able to transition. Like, your character in Restoration is very serious, you know, and you, you have those points, too, where you make jokes in the movie, but even something like now where you're just being normal and talking to us and fucking cracking us up is amazing. I mean, how hard is it to transition from comedy to horror for you? Not at all. I mean, actually, I think that for me, I, I learned how to do comedy at a very early age because... Uh, went to eight different schools before junior high. Um, my name's Zach. There were no other kids named Zach, so I was the new kid. So junior high is grade seven, and I went from kindergarten through six to seven. I did eight schools, which means that I went to a school every nine months. Jesus. Roughly, give or take. I moved around a lot because uh, my mom. Mm-hmm. I figured out by the time I left home at the age of 18, I had lived in 22 different houses, apartments with my mom. Um, so you're the new kid named Zach. Right? First new kid, then named Zach, then have red hair, then have no dad, and don't play hockey because they're over Canada, and then had a miniature poodle named Tinkerbell. Oh my. <laughs> See, I thought that, yeah, I got the dog when I was seven, and I thought I looked like Peter Pan because Peter Pan had red hair, so he was my hero. Tinkerbell. Peter Pan. Tinkerbell. 
<laughs> Wait, that's a true question. <laughs> so I named my dog Tinkerbell, uh, and my mother didn't uh, kibosh that. So I am at different schools. My miniature poodle named Tinkerbell, and getting my ass handed to me after school. So I learned that uh, you know when you get called carrot top or pumpkin head all the time for different schools, it doesn't bother you anymore. In fact, you've heard it so many times that it doesn't hit you in the chest. You're bored. So you've had enough time. So you know how usually, you know, someone says something to you and calls you a name and you walk and you're like all pissed off and you go home and on your way home when you're pouting and angry, you're like, I should have told that guy, you're a stupid potato face. <laughs> and then I would have been like, your whole family's made out of butts. And <laughs> about 45 minutes later right yeah well yeah I went through that and then I had some other fucking idiot call me the exact same thing so I had a whole bunch of material to use <laughs> so by school number three or four I was like banging it
seen. <laughs> so we know that you've worked with uh, Uva Ball before. Now, what's kind of like your relationship? Like after filming one movie, it was like, hey, do you want to come on this next movie with us? I learned a lot from Uva. I learned a lot about what not to do. He's a lovely man, and I think his narcissism gets in the way of his artistic talent. I think that his ego is his own undoing. I understand his frustration and his angst, but the reality is there are no fucking excuses. You make a movie, uh, you're responsible for all of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Restoration, I'm proud of Restoration. I, I wrote, produced, directed, acted, edited in that film. And the reality is I can't blame anybody else. And I've seen reviews that specify things that they liked and things that they didn't and the things that they didn't like. Sometimes my thoughts are, you're right. I wish I could have done that better. And it's a good note. And I look forward to making it better the next time. Uva seems incapable of listening. Mm -hmm. And having done two movies with him, another one that he produced, and I needed money, leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I've literally sat there and watched him say, you know, hurry up, we're not here to make pretty pictures. <laughs> and we are. Mm -hmm. We are, you know, the... the the frame of the camera tells a story and it doesn't have to be as obvious a camera move as the opening of Boogie Nights but what you show and what you don't show tells you something you guys watch Restoration right? yeah, yeah. Yes. oh yeah mm -hmm. okay Twice. so <laughs> there's some interesting camera work in that film and I frame things on purpose and it leaves it to leave the story ahead of the audience and when you don't give a fuck about that then why should your audience give a fuck about you exactly so, that's that's my problem with it. and i've said this to his face balls to the walls <laughs> so, so did he invite you to a boxing match too or was that just his critics that was just his critics okay <laughs> oh. well i don't know that might change after this conversation oh. <laughs> well you know what i was very we actually talked about overrated and underrated directors and i picked him for being an overrated director and i've seen you know a few of his movies you know the rampage films the assault on wall street and i have to say the rampage films are fucking disturbing they just you know something about that mindset he gets you in with his characters and the fact that you know he actually wrote out and planned this person's you know active shooting event something about that's just really creepy to me and I haven't seen Rampage. Uh, I think I saw Attack on Wall Street. It was okay. Uh, I haven't seen Rampage, so I won't, I won't offer commentary on it. Um, and I vaguely remember seeing Attack on Wall Street. And it, it's that actor who was in uh, Blade. Uh, Dominic uh, Purcell? Yeah, he's a big dude. Mm -hmm. um, and I just feel like there's... It's the same thing that happened in Postal. It's like, you have all the material to make a good movie. You just give up on your first edit you're like well that's it and that's not how editing works man I mean you massage it massage it massage it and then you show it to other people and get notes and you massage it some more and you work to get it out there and his edits always look like an assembly edit to me mm. there's no there's no panache <laughs> 
He Frank Sinatra's it. It's just yeah. one take, let's go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you have so many options when you're you're in post because you especially if you're shooting on on four K, you can use so many things to that image. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't seem to give a shit. And I literally watched him on set with Postal entirely and he wrote Postal and it was an $8 million budget I doubt it but <laughs> <laughs> and then he's sitting in the uh, he's sitting in Video Village on his laptop emailing his German investors and he's not even looking at the monitor and at a certain point you stop caring and he seems to stop caring so you know, like the great thing about Uba is when you watch Uba direct a movie, or when I did, it inspired me to do it myself because I knew I'd be better than that guy. Mm-hmm. So, That's awesome. And I think I am. And I think I can still get better. Well, we, I'm we, we so agree. Excited. Yeah. <laughs> well, I agree. I agree. And I'm, I'm really excited to see more stuff coming from you directing wise and acting wise. I mean, You've been such a pleasure to talk to. Beyond yes, this, I can't even. <laughs> yeah, this is this is we've really been looking forward to. Yeah, this. we're totally geeking out. My wife has been geeking out for a few weeks now. So <laughs> that's my girlfriend in the background. Trying Hi. To hey. Did I tell you that she named Restoration? She came up with the title. Nice. Uh, I hope she got credits on that. A writing credit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my thank god she's gone <laughs> what a bitch <laughs> no, that's, that's my girl and that's the relationship between Todd and Rebecca was based on you can totally tell that just like from the t- 30 seconds <laughs> it's funny because people read the script and then when they you know, gently come to set and then when people met her, they're like, you know, this seems a lot like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> like a good thing or a bad thing? I don't even know. <laughs> I like it. It's cool. Um, I want to ask you about Freddy vs. Jason. How was how was that project uh, or that part brought up to you? Um, it was an audition. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I know it's, people assume in the world of the media that I... You know, well, when I was offered the project, <laughs> I turned it down because I had a Manny Petty. I am a hustling bitch. <laughs> I'm either working on a job, or I am working to get a job I can work on, or I'm hustling a writing job. You know, like I'm either working or working to get work. That's it. Um, it Sucks, but it took my the whole life. Uh, I got the I got an audition for Freddy vs. Jason. Um, the script was very different from what you saw. Really? There. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was much more. It wasn't tongue in cheek. It was Freddy Krueger is a pedophile, and Jason Voorhees is a supernatural retarded kid. And, <laughs>
Down syndrome <laughs> damaged individual. So the movie was obviously very different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the time I got up there and we were shooting it, uh, it changed a lot. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I got to work with Robert England. Uh, and you know, I did the casting for both my arms where they did that. Fire, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah for all the sliced wrists and have all the yeah. lead piping come up. And, and then the first day I'm on set is uh, in Vancouver in this giant, giant bathroom set on a soundstage. And, uh, my mom's there because my mom was living in Vancouver at the time. I'm wearing uh, a bathrobe, and underneath the bathrobe, I'm wearing a cock sock, which is like a jock strap without a cup in it that tapes to your stomach. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you drop your junk in the cock sock, and it's, you know, it's about as naked as it fucking gets. <laughs> I've been there before. <laughs> this isn't not my first rodeo of a cock sock. <laughs> so one of my secrets, I'll pass this on with people out there. Like if you're going to be in a situation where you're wearing a cock sock, one, take half a banana and drop it in there because it can be believable. Because you, unless you're giant all the time, some of us are growers, not sure. <laughs> junk not at your junk <laughs> was it was it awkward standing in the craft service line with that thing on or <laughs> I, so oh, I was gonna say is that where you is, is that where you stole the banana from <laughs> no he just keeps a like entire suitcase of bananas for this kind of situation i'm sure he's that word he should have a fucking writer of what he wants <laughs> These are plantains. Robert England, and he taught me how to do the uh, how to do the walk and move like him, and um, which was great. It was a lot of fun. Oh, it's awesome! Best impersonation of the voice I could, and then they ended up dubbing it over, but it sounds great. Oh my god, that's so awesome! That's awesome. Yeah, there were so many little intricate details with that. I mean, even when you were walking towards. Uh, Brandon Fletcher, who was playing your brother, you know, your skin's blistering and bubbling. <laughs> and I, I know they, they did cut out a lot of stuff from that scene. Like, uh, I think it's something, what, what did he, like, vomited out uh, eels or centipedes or something. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was just a really intense scene. And every time I see that scene, I always say, that's the biggest fucking bathroom I've ever seen. <laughs> 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 See, like I would, 
That's bigger than my first apartment in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure it's bigger than this place. <laughs> Restoration is on VOD now, Am- uh, iTunes, Google Amazon. Play. Oh, it's on Amazon? You, you know where all the places are. Why don't you tell us where we can go check out your movie and anything else you want our fans to find your stuff. Hey, kids. And <laughs> if you're looking for a good time, check out the movie Restoration. It stars Emily O'Brien, Adrian Gaeta, and yours truly, Zach Ward. You can see it on iTunes, DirecTV, Google+, Hulu, Amazon, Ubiquity. Which I don't know what that is. I don't even know how to spell that. <laughs> <laughs> and please, by all means, check it out. Tell me what you think. Hit me up on Twitter, Total Zach Ward, and that's verified, so no one can fake it. Then also, there's Zach Ward on Facebook. That one's verified. And Instagram is Total Zach Ward, but it's not verified. But you'll see pictures of me, my girlfriend, and my cats. Yay! <laughs> and uh, Restoration, I believe, is on DVD August 16th. Actually, uh, Restoration is on DVD, coming out on Amazon July 5th. Oh, oh. wow, they moved it, they moved it up. Moved it up. Uh, and then Bethany... Well, that good, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> the fireworks don't end on the 4th, I'll tell you that much. They just begin. <laughs> and when does uh, Bethany come out? Not sure yet. Um, oh. We're still posting it, but it's Shannon Doherty and Tom Green are in it, as well as myself. Oh, um, interesting mix. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of excited about it. Tom is playing a serious role. Um, and nice. Shannon, it's an interesting dynamic for her because she had found out that she had breast cancer while she was doing, wow. uh, right before she did the film. And so she was going through a really rough time. Very fortunately, she'd come out of it, she'd made a full recovery. Oh, okay. that's awesome. But for anybody, I was going to say any woman, but any human being who finds out they have cancer, that's pretty much enough to make you want to shit your pants. But she she plays a role that's, you know, I've known her for a couple of years now, and I say this without having the right to say it, but I'm very proud of her. She really knocked it out of the park. That's I cool. think that she did her, I think she did herself proud. So I'm, I'm excited for people to get to see her performance. And by the way, in Restoration, the crazy batshit old woman that you guys know who I'm talking about? Yep. Yeah. That's my mom, bitch. Oh, oh nice. snap! I was going to say, she was amazing! <laughs> yeah. When she started... Awesome. That's, that's my 80-year-old mother, dude. Oh, man. When she, when she started doing the arm stuff, I got really creeped out because it's like, oh, stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> oh, you know what? That's another thing. The orderly. Uh, Keith Jardine. Keith Jardine. How did, yeah. you come about, how did you come about getting him? James Cullen Bresick. I mean, he cast the movie fantastically. He cast Emily. He cast Keith. He cast Kirsty Hill. Um, I cast Adrian. I cast uh, my mom. I cast Sarah Ann Schultz. I cast me. <laughs> yeah, Keith Jardine, like that guy. For those of you in the internet world who don't know who he is, Mean Gene. No, the Dean of the Mean. Dean of the mean. Dean of Mean. <laughs> Dean of Mean, Keith Jardine, who knocked out Chuck Liddell. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yes, he did. Big, big man. Yep. He speaks really quietly, and it's, uh, he's very intimidating to look at, but then he opens his mouth, and I so I was, uh, <laughs> and I just thought it was really interesting about how these people were reflecting on the process. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> and originally, when 
we had written the script, like so, I had written the script and the character of that he plays was kind of um, two dimensional. Uh, it was a placeholder, and then I met him, and in the process of meeting him, I completely lied about the character <laughs> and started developing the depths to it, and then said, I'll, "I'll I'll send you the script when I get home," and then I went home and rewrote his part <laughs> and then sent it to him based upon how complex an individual he was. That's the thing is like. It was, it was a great opportunity to be the writer, who was also the producer, who was also the director. So I didn't have to argue with anybody to make it just make the script. And then when I met uh, somebody who really brought something to the table, actually all the actors did, and I could turn it and make it more about how they who they were as people, as opposed to trying to force them into a structure I'd already built. So yeah, that was really awesome. And, Hanging out with him was cool. He and I and my mom, because I flew my mom out from Toronto. She stayed at my house. We actually shot some of it at my house. The kitchen scene is my kitchen. Oh. Uh, yeah, and and when they find the body, when, <laughs> when they're digging, when they're digging at night, right? That's my front yard. <laughs> Wait, we're like, is, is it is that is that big tower right there? Like, or is it just no, like? No, but if you look at it again, you see the big tower. Right? Uh-huh. He cuts into the earth, and that is all in close-ups with the tower behind you. Ah! Movie yeah. magic. Movie oh. magic. <laughs> magic. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of uh, cost-saving little secrets like that. But uh, so my mom was here, and uh, uh, my mom. Uh, Keith Jardine and Jen, my girlfriend, we all went out for dinner one night for sushi, and my mom is regaling Keith Jardine about acting style, <laughs> talking about emotions and poetry, and I'm getting pretty comfortable with Keith Jardine, and we walk outside, he's like, hey man, yeah, I just gotta, I'll see you later, brother, and he's like 10 feet away, and he throws a punch, <laughs> and he lunges, and he crosses 10 feet in a fucking nanosecond. <laughs> this giant man comes at me so fast. And uh, I have some martial art background, a couple of black belts, and I was a competitive martial artist. So my response was... <laughs> All my manhood went out my vagina. <laughs> and, I, you know, I'm old, I'm out of shape, I wonder how many times he ends a conversation where somebody actually falls into the fetal position when he tries to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. I'm a bitch. <laughs> oh man. Alright, once again, thanks a lot for, for spending you. time with us and uh, yeah, we really appreciate your work. I, I, this has been yes. such a such a fun fun yeah. night. Oh thanks guys. And I it, you gotta say you guys are doing a great job as well. I've oh. been interviewed by uh, some lovely people and some complete fuck monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Do we fall somewhere in between lovely people and fuck monkeys or lovely you monkey? Guys are all the way over at lovely people. Yeah, uh, thank uh, you. Thank you. All right. Well, have a great night and thank you again. All right. We'll see you. All right. We love you, Zach. Thank you, guys. And let me know when you're going to post this and, and please help. Let's get uh, some more sales of restoration. Absolutely. 
All right, we'll do. All right, we'll do, man. Thank you so right. much. Thank you. Take it easy. Bye. Take it easy. Bye. All right, and there you have it. That is our interview with Zach Ward. Again, Zach's film restoration can be found on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, and Hulu. Also, check with your local cable provider because it just might be on on demand for you guys. The DVD for the film is going to be out July 5th. So there it is, July 5th for the DVD of Restoration. I cannot recommend this movie enough. You know, Zach is very into the independent filmmaking, and independent films are, you know, dependent on the support of people who buy them and watch them, and then pass the word. Also, make sure you follow our two guests today. Hunter Johnson can be found at LA Horror on Twitter and LA Horror on Facebook. Zach Ward can be found at Total Zach Ward on Twitter and Total Zach Ward on Facebook. Thank you guys so much. I hope you guys enjoy your weekend, seeing as how it is Friday. All right, spread the joy of horror through these films. I'm Ed. Take care. We will see you next time. Mm-hmm.